Well, what a, another privilege it is to, to be back here. By the way, I hope you guys don't take for granted your pastor. I hope you guys don't take for granted your church. There's not too many like it now. Amen. I'm talking about churches that stand for something. It tells me, they, they tell me, tell me what you stand for, and I'll tell you who you are. In America, it seems like today, we don't want to tell anybody the truth anymore. It's not politically correct. I told you this morning, they've already said, even the spiritual circles, not to talk about hell. Well, I'm sorry, but if I'm going to do my job, I need to talk about hell. But on better news, every now and then, uh, I feel at will or at home to, to do this, and I feel that this is one of those nights, this is one of the things that, uh, that uh, uh, I, I believe OCA will get just a little taste of. Oftentimes when I go to camps and stuff and some of the things that I do, whether it's crowd participation or whatever you want to say, I, I uh, tell the people, especially out west, I'm like, boy, it's good to be back home where, man, you get to hear like amens and praise the Lord's and, you know, preach it and whatever it is, uh, boy, you get to hear it sometimes, boy, when things are going good. I was like, oftentimes, you know, when you're hitting a weak spot or you're hitting sin because it's quiet. I mean, everybody's like, seriously? <laughs> seriously? Is he preaching on this tonight? Seriously? I was like, but oftentimes, well, I like to, to uh, start things off like this. And it goes like this. I'll say, when it's good, you say, amen. You know, when it's good, you say, amen. Then I was like, when it's real good, then you say, amen. It's like, first one is like, amen. 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 Another one's like, amen. And then I was like, when it's real, real good, then you say, amen. Then I'm like, when it's real, real good, then on the third time, then you do two claps, then you say, amen. All right, so everybody got me? So the first time, let's practice. I was like, so when it's good, we say, amen. When it's real good, we say, amen. When it's real, real good, we say, amen. amen. Not bad, not bad, not bad at all. Some of you, oh, we're gonna have to pray about your rhythm. <laughs> that you had, I've seen some people, amen. It's like, oh, bless their heart. That is another Southern saying, oh, bless their heart. I keep telling people out there, I'm like, man, that means multiple different things. I can be like, oh, bless your heart. And I was like, boy, they can say it, and inside they're like, oh, my soul, Lord, please help this individual. <laughs> oh, God, he ain't right. Something ain't right with him. I was like, but they say it with a smile. We call it Southern hospitality. It's absolutely a great thing. Turning to your Bibles with me to Psalms chapter 81. I'm not sure if our teenagers will hear this. It, I... This is one of those messages as I was beginning to prepare for them and prepare for such a time as this. God asked me to grab this and tonight he said, tonight is the time for this particular message. Oftentimes I tell people, I'm not sure why sometimes I preach what I preach. I was like, it's not my job to be concerned with that. It's my job to be found faithful. 
I was like, how many of you have Jesus as your boss? I was like, boy, you want to be found faithful. You can't call in sick. (coughs) You know, when you practice, when you call in. (coughs) Like they're there at your house. (coughs) Phone rings. You know, trying to get everything exactly right. But when you have God as your boss, it's a little hard to, to do that. If not, he's like, what is wrong with him? Something wrong with him? Like, what, why is he doing this? Does he not know that I can see him? So it's absolutely. But in Psalms chapter 81, getting into the word of God, we find the Lord speaking to his people. But it's not good. It's almost like America. If God was to speak to us today or tonight, I wonder what he would say. Maybe he would point us to Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Warn to them that call evil good and good evil. Seems like today in America, we make up every excuse for someone to sin. It's a disorder. Brother, they just, they just have a problem with this disorder that you just made up like five years ago because it's the same disorder that you have with sin, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's homosexuality. Oh, Brother Jackson, you're not going there, are you? My Bible calls it sin. And when sin is finished, bringeth forth death. It's not my opinion. That's the Lord's word. Oh, oftentimes today, even with our music, brother, we can all worship God the same way. Oh, we can all lift up hands. Just because you add God to it doesn't make it right. time for us to get back to the old time way again by the way none of these things that I just said are in my notes they all literally would be considered a bonus material in your DVD player so at this time let's see what God has to say in Psalm chapter 81 and verse 10 it says I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt open thy mouth wide and I will fill it God saying, I want to meet your needs. I would like to take care of you. And I would take care of you. But then we continue to read. By the way, remember, this is not the world. This is not people who don't know him. This is who people who call him Lord and call him Savior. But my people, in verse 11, would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them unto their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsel. All that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in thy ways, I should, have sed- <clears throat> I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hands against the adversary. 
The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them. He should have fed them. Did it say he should? So a decision has already been made. The Lord said he should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with the honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Oh, there's a lot that we could go over there. Well, I don't know about you, but like I said this morning, I put myself in there. More in today's time, I wonder if God still wants to meet our needs. I wonder if God still wants to answer our prayers, just like what we even mentioned this morning. But oftentimes I remind people the problem isn't with our Savior. The problem is with the home base. Is with us. And the Bible says that we wanted none of him. You know, like often when family comes in time and we decide to push God off because we're going to be with family instead of be with church. You know, those opportunities and those times where we don't do things that we know that we're supposed to do. And our Lord God said, oh, if they only would have obeyed me, if they only would have put me first. The Lord God said not only would he would have supplied all of our needs, but the Bible says he wanted to give us the finest. He wanted to give us the best of the best. Oh, you know, like anybody that I I would say that's in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, everybody used to have that mom or grandma that used to have all the china that you never use, that you never touch. Boy, it was in a china cabinet. Boy, it simply was just a mural. It was just something to look at because you didn't dare eat from it until a special guest came. Then all of a sudden, man, they're pulling out all the dishes and everything. Finally, when everything is set, you're like, well, where do we start with? Do we start at the right? Do we start at the left? There, because there's so much fine china there. But the Lord God said he wanted to give us everything. But it isn't him that's the problem. It's us. Oh, tonight... That last phrase, second to the last phrase, he says, And with the honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee? Oh, today there's still honey in the rock. The honey hasn't dried up. The honey is still there. The honey is still for us. We just have to get out of our own way to receive it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we sure do thank you for being a God that hears us, understands us, Lord God, and even answers our prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, will you please meet with us? Holy Spirit, please have thy way. Oh, Holy Spirit, please allow me to get out of thy way so you can have full reign. Oh, please do something tonight. Please do something the rest of the week. Lord God, I promise. We give you the honor and praise in your blessed son's name we pray. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I've seen a survey recently on bitterness. Boy, this wasn't, by the way, a survey that was taken in the world. There was a survey that was taken among fundamental, Bible-believing, Baptist people. Oh, as this survey was 
looked at, I came upon this one particular thing. And according to this survey, if I could see the hearts and minds of the individuals, some of the individuals that are before me, I'm very saddened to say that there is bitterness among us. Oh, there's bitterness all over our hearts. Sometimes it creeps out even into our actions. Oh, there's bitterness in this room. Oh, I'm not saying this to chastise you. I'm saying this that, hey, if we want to get a hold of God, just like old, bitterness shouldn't be there. Bitterness can't be there. It is something that we have to face. We have to deal with it. Oftentimes, if we only knew that that situation that was brought into our life was allowed to come into our life for good, boy, we would have done whatever we had to do to make to allow it. It has said this, I seen one time, <clears throat> or used the example, let's say this is your life. Boy, it's on this banister here, and all of a sudden it says, hey, pastor, oh, at, at this particular time, boy, you're going to go through this challenge. Boy, and there's two things that can happen. Oh, you can, you can decide to accept it, and boy, you can just decide to still call God good and still serve him, or it can make you bitter. But then all of a sudden God rolls back that banner and he shows you another one. He said, I know you and I think you're going to be faithful. He said, and because of that, this thing that is seen as bad is going to reach all these people for God. They're going to see him through you. It's going to be absolutely exciting. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people that's going to see God through that thing. Boy, if I was to ask, Pastor, I believe you'd say, well, if all those people are going to get saved and lives are going to be changed, whew, man, I would do it. Well, I believe we all would say, man, if God would use me, even in a, some, using something that's bad, use me in a great and mighty way, boy, I would probably sign up for it, knowing that he's for it. Well, if God would do that, then it wouldn't be called faith. Wouldn't be called faith. God is saying... Sometimes in your life, in my life, there's this thing called rock. Oh, for, before we go on, in verse 16, we must examine what this rock is. This rock is the container in which God delivers the honey. Oh, this rock, sometimes in your life, is that burden that you wish that you never had. That burden that often gets you down. That burden that often makes you sad. That burden that often makes you uncomfortable. For some of us, it's sorrow. Lord God, why does so-and-so have cancer? I don't understand why they have cancer. Lord God, I'm not there putting you on, on the throne. I'm not there, Lord God, questioning you. But Lord God, oh, my soul, some of us is with trials and with tribulations. Hey, I imagine there's some people in here that have things that have been done to you that you did not deserve, that you wouldn't wish upon your enemy, but yet it was brought to your plate. Oh, I've met with plenty different people, boy, that had things done to them that none of us, none of us would ever wish upon anybody. 
Oftentimes, I can't tell them why they're going through things like that. I can't begin to tell them why the Lord would allow that. Only thing I can tell them is God is a just God. I was like, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I was like, in due time, he will make things right. But until then, we have a choice to make. Oh, two different decisions could come. We could look at that rock and we could get bitter. And all that bitterness could take over us. And that bitterness could affect not only us, but it could affect the other people in the room. Oh, we all been there when you've been walking down the aisle and you see that one person. Oh, that one person. Maybe this day you forget. Boy, and you ask that one person, hey, how's it going? Do you really want to know? Let me, let, me, let me just go and tell you. You're like, oh, no. Why did I ask this individual? Well, let me, let me just tell you. I mean, my big toe, it's, it's been going okay, but now all of a sudden it's starting to swell. I just don't know if the Lord's in this. And, man, they just go on for five minutes, and you're like, honey, lie. Say that there's a health crisis. Get me away from this individual. Why? Bitterness starting to creep in. Oh, or we can look at it and we can search for the honey. We can search in the good of a situation. You say, Brother Jackson, I don't believe you understand what I'm facing. I'm literally between a rock and a hard place. Well, then, my friend, that literally means, according to the Bible, that there's honey on both sides. Oh, you come to that rock in your life. Do you look at the honey or do you say this morning, this mountain is just too big? You say, Brother Jackson, I can't see God because this burden is so big. This problem is so big that, oh, my soul, it seems like this is all the time in front of me. Boy, I try to worship God. I try to serve him. Oh, God saying, if you would just trust me, if you would just trust me, if you would just by faith, just step out. Hold, I can show you something that's greater than what you ever could imagine. Oftentimes, boy, we say, Lord God, I surrender my life to thee. But then as soon as something bad happens, whoop, 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 boy, we want to take it back. Lord God, I mean, I, I was willing to serve you, but Lord God, I didn't know it would cost me something. How many of you ever questioned God? Lord, help us, because the Bible says, whatsoever is done by faith, or whatsoever is of faith. Well, the Bible talks about us Boy, if we don't practice this thing of faith, boy, it's sin. Boy, if we don't trust God, boy, it could be like sin. Can I tell you this? Boy, with the college, I've had the ability to meet wonderful people. Wonderful next generation people that are serving God now in the way that I am. Boy, taking that banister of Jesus and just waving it all over America and even all over the world. We had one young man, he was now serving in the church. He was doing what you and I would know to be a good thing. Boy, he now God had, had blessed his wife wound and she had two kids. 
Boy, she had a third one on the way. Boy, she was already big. Looked like she swallowed a, a, <clears throat> a beach ball. Boy, she was fully expecting. There was no question about it. When you saw her, you were like, whoo. Boy, we had a great relationship. Boy, we would oftentimes talk about what God's doing and how he's doing things in different areas. And he was telling me what God was laying on his heart. And every now and then, boy, we would get together and we would work out or talk about different workouts and stuff. And one day he noticed that his stomach was getting a little bit bigger than it naturally is. And we kind of joked around. I was like, yeah, brother, that's from eating all those Navajo tacos. And, man, you know, we were talking about that because every good Christian loves a good old-fashioned burrito or taco from the Mexican place. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Ambassador, we were sitting there talking and, boy, we were joking around. And then, you know, I went off. And, boy, I was at several different churches. Then all of a sudden I get a phone call. He said, hey, Brother Jackson. He's like, can I talk to you? You got a second? Yeah. What's up, man? He said this. He said, Brother Jackson... He said, my stomach has been getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. He said, I've been going to doctor's office after doctor's office after doctor's office. He said, they, no one can figure it out. He's like, finally, the doctor was like, hey, you need to go to the Mayo Clinic because we don't know what is going on. So he went to the Mayo Clinic, and I told him I'd be praying for him. And boy, they did biopsy after biopsy after biopsy after biopsy. I believe he said it was to the point now where there were six, over six biopsies that were taken. And not one time did they come back with any results. They came to him for the seventh or eighth time. And he said, hey, we're going to do another biopsy. And he said, by this time, boy, his stomach was way out there. It looked like he was giving his wife a run for her money. Whatever. I mean, I've heard of sympathy pains, but I never heard of anything like that. And boy, I mean, he was pretty big. And boy, the doctor came to him and said, we're going to do another biopsy. And he said, Doc, if you don't mind, I'm a little bit fed up with you doing everything. He said, and all of a sudden I'm getting no results. What is happening? He said, the doctor came and the doctor sat on his bed and he said son I don't know how to tell you this he's like but you may have a day if not two to live he said normally when we get a biopsy we take it and we send it to the lab when we send it to the lab he's like the lab hits it with chemo hits it with radiation figures out a course of action to destroy this tumor that you have inside your intestines he's like but nothing has come back because there's no answer for the tumor. He said, so if it runs this course in the next day or two, boy, you could close your eyes for the last time. Boy, as you could imagine, this would hit you just like it hit him. Boy, I remember coming back home and immediately going to the Mayo Clinic there, and boy, you could feel the uncertainty in the room. You can almost feel like death could be on its way. Boy, I did what anybody would do. I sent his parents home so they could wash up, told them to get a quick little nap or something in if they could. 
boy, and then come back, and it was just me and this young man there. And I said, all right, big guy. I said, how are you really doing? Don't want the politically correct answer. He said, well, Brother Jackson, he said, I promise God if taking my life extends the gospel, if God could use me in that way, I'll be willing to do that. And I was like, bro, I was like, man, that's pretty big. He's like, but I also said this to God. I told him, Lord God, the doctors say they don't have a course of action for it. The doctors say they can't figure out everything. He's like, but I promise God, if he heals me, everybody who comes in contact with me will know that not even the Mayo Clinic could heal me, but my God could. Amen. What was he doing? Taking something that was a rock. Taking something that was hard. Taking something that he wasn't guaranteed a good outcome, and he was looking for the honey inside of it. Can I tell you today, he gave me permission to use this story because this young man is now cancer free. Where even the male clinic is like, we don't understand it. He's like, oh, but I understand it. He's like, oh, I clearly understand it. And the doctor was like, well, yeah, we, we, we guessed it, uh, that you would understand it. We saw all the letters and everything from the kids from your Sunday school class and from the church and how everybody was praying. Because, listen, when I talk about prayer, I really mean it. Boy, at that time, boy, the pastor was there and everybody was there. And, boy, we had to prepare for the worst. But plan for the best. We had to say, hey, you know, everybody doesn't get an opportunity to speak with their wife and get everything in order and make sure that the family is good to go before they pass. Do that. But we're going to be praying as a church. We're going <clears> to <throat> have, have a fasting. Boy, we're going to get a hold of God. Boy, the church people begin to pray and the church people begin to call out to God. And all of a sudden, boy, the next morning, my phone rang. And when the phone rang, boy, it was Daniel's dad. And I was like, oh, boy, here's more bad news or did Daniel actually pass and boy I picked up the phone and he was like hey brother Jackson and I was like whoa that was an outcome that I was expecting I was like hey brother he said hey all of a sudden when man couldn't do it he said God stepped in God stepped in and now they know a course of action he's like all of a sudden we know how to treat it he's like he just has to keep fighting boy I remember going there when he was fighting it Boy, I remember, boy, oftentimes they, they wanted him to get out of bed. They wanted him to, to, to walk around so whether to, to keep the blood circulating and everything. And boy, all of a sudden, boy, I, and one time he was really weak. And boy, they had this really big walt, uh, walker where you can actually lean up against and go. And boy, he was like, I really don't want to walk. But, you know, we're going to get through this. And boy, I got him out of bed. And. Boy, he's there and he's walking. You can tell he's a little weak. And I knew his favorite movie. And all of a sudden, I played something from his favorite movie. Whatever was, I, I dug back in my pocket and I hit play and I put it back in my pocket and I kind of caught up to him. Then all of a sudden, boy, everybody knows this tune. It was dun to the dun to the dun to the dun 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 to the dun to the. He was like. Boy, he got on it, dun, 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 dun. boy, it was rocky. He was like, Aah! he was going on the second laps. Boy, the cheerleaders, um, the, the nurses became cheerleaders, and they're like, Aah! 
Oh, it was unbelievably awesome. Why? Because he decided to look at the honey instead of getting bitter at God, getting bitter at the situation. And now God's still using him. Hey, when I look at the history of this church, this church has been through some times. This church has been through some things where it looked like the devil was trying to close it. This devil, the devil knew the potential that this church had. Oh, he tried to stir up strife. He tried to do everything he possibly could. But there were some church members who decided not to focus on that, who decided to circus, the, the focus on the main reason for the church. And they hung in there through the good times and through the bad times. And look what God is doing here today. Why? Because somebody decided to look at the honey. Somebody decided to trust God. Hey, have you ever looked at someone that's older? That's mean? Oh, that person that's a grouch. You look at them and you're just like, man, nobody wants to be around them. And you ever look at that other person, maybe even in their same household? That is sweet as sweet potato pie. I mean, she's absolutely sweet. You're like, how in the world can two people live together like that? Oh, how could this happen? Someone looked at the rock and got bitter. And someone looked at the rock and made it sweet. I remember when I was there with Daniel. Actually, I remember when I was in Montana. Boy, I was looking out. Boy, it's one of those places. It was lookout. It's called lookout. Boy, it's 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 a beautiful place, but a nightmare for me. Boy, I'm there, and I'm like, oh, just just look out, just look out. And I'm like way back here, like any good Christian would be, never towards the edge where you could fall into temptation, fall into sin. Now you see once again. So here I am, back there, and I'm like, man, isn't this beautiful? This is unbelievable. Look what my God did during the flood. One guy was like, oh, just give it a few minutes. It'll rain. I was like, yeah, true. But it's beautiful now. Just wait. I'm like, sir, please. I mean, he, he better be good that I was looking at the honey and I wasn't bitter or I would <laughs> isn't it beautiful <laughs> but then I remember being in the hospital and boy I remember seeing the sun rise and boy I was getting some coffee and I remember getting some coffee and stirring it and then all of a sudden once again the sun began to rise and I must have said it out loud, pretty loud, where I was like, man, isn't this beautiful? And boy, one of the moms for someone who was going through something similar, like the young man that I was just telling you about, she's like, oh, isn't this great? She's like, look what God did. She's like, I was praying for something today. I was praying for something to hang my hat on today. Boy, she ran into the room. As she ran into the room, boy, she began to rearrange her son's, her son's hospital bed. She said, hey, can you help me? He loves sun's sunrises. Oh, he, they, he, re, he reminds himself of God's promises with it. Oh, and she did that. Boy, you saw, boy, the sunrise and some of the nurses and stuff were coming in there. And they saw the joy that happened with this one guy who literally was a few steps away from heaven and boy the smile that came on his face 
boy, I removed myself from the room, and boy, I could tell you it was an emotional time because, boy, the nurses came out of there, boy, everybody's wiping away tears, wiping away everything. Why? Because they just got a little taste of honey. I'm glad that God used honey because honey is the most natural, sweetest supplement that man has. Oh, God said, I want to give you the finest. God says, I want to give you the best. But oftentimes we are too busy looking at the one thing that God can conquer if we just give it to him. If we just give him our burdens. If we just give him our problems. Oh, I remember I went with a pastor to visit someone who had just lost the baby. Boy, we went there. You're telling me how sweet this young lady was. Boy, we went there. We knocked on the house door and her husband let us in. And Boy, we got there beside her and you could tell she was grieving like any person would. And he said, hey, can I help you with anything? Can I ease the burden? She said, no, you can't help me with anything. No, you can't do anything. She's like, how dare God take my child? She's like, all I wanted was a baby. All I wanted was a baby. All I wanted was a child. Why would God do such a thing like this? I was like, whoa. Pastor, you said she was sweet. We have two totally different definitions. Well, I didn't want to do any more visits like that ever again. I had, had, I had met my quota. <clears throat> a few churches later, had another pastor was like, hey, would you come visit? Someone had a death. Boy, and come to find out on the way, same situation. I was like, Lord, please help. When we got there, boy, the couple met us at the door. The pastor said basically the same thing. Is there anything we could do to help you guys? Boy, the mom eventually spoke up. She said, no, no, no. She's like, I have everything that I've ever wanted. And I was like, the pastor said, what do you mean by that? She's like, before he was born, I asked God, Lord God, will you please take care of my little one? Lord God, will you, she's like, I know this is a crazy world, but will you keep him away from sin? Lord God, will you raise him up? Lord God, will you keep him away from pain? Help him not to break his arm. Help him not to do all these different things. And she said, little did I know that God not only answered my prayer, but he was willing to raise my child as his own. Boy, with tears coming down her face and coming down ours, she's like, hey, my baby won't ever have to worry about pain. Hey, he won't ever have to worry about a bully. Hey, he won't ever have to worry about his mom and dad not meeting the needs or needs not being met. Because why? Because his heavenly father is meeting all of his needs. What happened? Heavenly father is giving him the finest of the wheat. Today, I don't know what your trial or your tribulation is. But if you don't watch it, bitterness is going to set in 
and it's going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy your family. It's going to destroy your kid's life because they have to deal with you. You're going to find yourself in a situation that you never ever thought that you would ever be. Maybe that's why Paul said this. I rejoice in my calamities. Why? Because there's honey in the rock. There's good that could come out of it. Hey, I don't understand why everything is going the way that it is, but I'm trusting God. I'm putting Him first. Oh, by faith, I'm just stepping out there. Oh, sometimes, maybe it's through tears, I'll still say that my God is still good. Why? Because I'm not putting Him on the throne. I'm not bringing this up for debate. Oh, I'm going to trust Him until the day that I die in every situation. Oftentimes, the devil knows exactly how to hit us. The devil knows exactly how to stick us. The devil knows exactly what could bring us down. But we can look at the rock and we can get bitter. Or we can get sweet. I was at a camp in Georgia speaking with a preacher's wife. She came up to me. She said, Brother Jackson, she said, can I talk to you? And if I was to really do it justice, she'd be like, Brother Jackson, can I talk to you? She had that southern accent. And I was like, yes, ma'am. She's like, Brother Jackson, I already spoke to my husband. He already knows that I'm going to seek a little bit of counsel from you. I'm like, okay, well, let's sit down. Let's talk. She's like, Brother Jackson, she's like, she said, I have a boy that God gave us. She's like, I raised him the best I could. She's like, I love him. She's like, but Brother Jackson, he's left us. She said, Brother Jackson, he wants nothing to do with our religion. He wants nothing to do with us. He said all of his problems that he have is because mom and dad didn't let him live the life. Didn't let him be free. Didn't let him experience all these different things. And that's why he's so socially behind. She said, Brother Jackson, he blames us for everything. He blames us for having the standards and having the convictions and having everything. She said, Brother Jackson, did I do something wrong? She said, Brother Jackson, did I do something wrong? I said, let me ask you this. I was like, how long has your husband been pastoring? I was like, okay, so that's longer than what your son or kids have been alive. She said, yes, sir. I said, were you serving God the best that you knew how during this time? She's like, oh, yeah. She's like, every single day. She's like, boy, I was in my Bible and doing the best that I could. I was like, well, let me stop you there, sister. I was like, every now and then, I was like, just like every individual, we have to choose which path we're going to run. I was like, we can choose to run the path that has been there for centuries. That fundamental independent Bible, believing Baptist people have walked. Or you can choose other paths. I was like, but eventually one has to make a decision. I was like, but let me tell you this. Obviously, he's already made a decision, but let him know that mama is still where she belongs. Where daddy is still where she belongs. I was like, the prodigal son, the thing that we oftentimes forget about that whole story is dad never moved. Dad never relocated. Dad was still the same Yesterday, as he was the day that his son came home. I was like, let mama be said, let it be said that mama 
never changed either. I was like, there's going to come a point in time when that child looks at mama and he's going to see where he used to be. He's going to see how good he used to have it. I was like, but the only way that will happen is you're faithful. I, I don't know why I said this, but I said, hey, there's even going to be times where you're not going to feel good pre-COVID, where you're not going to feel good. And I was like, you still need to show up to church. You still need to be faithful. That child still needs to see you pushing forward, even though you don't feel comfortable. Boy, when we finished, she felt a little encouraged, as much as you could be. Boy, she went about her way. The next year, I came back to camp and said, hey, Brother Jackson, you just see so-and-so. She's looking for you. I was like, no, I haven't seen her. Boy, I'm walking around before everybody gets there. They're like, hey, Brother Jackson, did you see so-and-so? She's looking for you. I was like, no, man, you're like the second person. No, I haven't seen her. Lord, I went to go walk across this field. And when I went to go walk across this field, all I heard is, Brother Jackson, Brother Jackson, oh, Brother Jackson. Boy, I look and I see her. Ladies, you know, you can only run so fast in a skirt. All of a sudden, I see her skirt jacked up and she's, <laughs> man, she is getting it across the field. I'm like, slow down, sister, slow down. What is going on? Said Brother Jackson, she said, you probably don't remember the conversation that we had or whatever I told you about my son. I was like, yes, 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 I do remember. How is that going? She said, well, Brother Jackson, she's like, let me tell you this. She said, one day I was feeling bad. She's like, I was feeling sad. She's like, I didn't want to go to church. She's like, all of a sudden those words came to me that you said about being faithful and just showing up. And she said, all of a sudden, she said, I just showed up to church. Meanwhile, earlier that morning, she said, I spoke to my son and I told my son that I wasn't feeling well. And my my son just wanted to do something good, so he brought a bowl of soup to the house. When he brought a bowl of soup to the house, he's like, man, mom must really be not feeling well. All the lights are off. So he said he flipped the lights on, he went through the house, and he couldn't find mom. And then all of a sudden, it's Wednesday. I know where mom is. He said he went to make his way back to the car. When he went to go make his way back to the car, his, hun his wife wound the window down. She was like, oh, you were supposed to deliver that to your mom. He's like, I know, she's not here. He's like, well, where she could she be? Church. He's like, well, what are you going to do? We're going to church. So all of a sudden, she said, Brother Jackson, she said, she's like, I know I wasn't feeling good, but she's like, I thought I was delusional. She's like, I'm there at church. And she said, man, She's like, Brother Jackson, between me and you, my husband's a little long-winded. He goes a little long. <laughs> she's like, so Brother Jackson, she's like, I'm there. She's like, I'm sitting there trying to go through church. Then all of a sudden, 15 minutes into my husband's message, she said, honey, will you make your way to the piano? She said, Lord, did I, did I hear him say that right? He's like, honey, make your way to the piano. He said, Lord, I think I gave it to my husband. I'm not sure what's going on. So she said she made her way to the piano and she began to bang on the piano. He said all of a sudden she looked up because she heard, excuse me, excuse me, get out of the way, get out of the way, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And she said, Brother Jackson, all those prayers, 
all those times where I just lifted them up to God. She's like, it seemed like it was coming true. She's like, I looked up and I saw my son. She's like, the one that I love. She's like, the one that I've been praying for. He was coming down the aisle. She's like, Brother Jackson, she's like, I wish I could tell you I knew what I was playing on the piano. She's like, but there was some raining going on inside the room. She's like, oh, Brother Jackson. She's like, I was just beaten. She's like, I was like, Brother Jackson. She, oh, she said, she was like, God, please just take the piano because I can't see anything. She's like, I'm trying to play from memory and play from feel. She's like, because this is the time that I've been waiting for, whatever, waiting for. For my loved one to come back. She's like, then all of a sudden, boy, I heard, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She said it was a little bit higher pitch. She's like, all of a sudden now, it was his wife running down the aisle, tears flowing down her face. She said, whoo. She's like, Brother Jackson, she's like, I was playing all sorts of notes. She's like, I don't know what type of service we were having there. But she said, all of a sudden, my husband came over and told me to stop. So she said she thought it was real bad. He's like, honey. Just, honey, come over here. She said, as she began to walk, she said, my son grabbed the mic and he said, Mom, in front of everybody, I want to thank you and Dad for being a standard, for not moving, for being faithful. Oh, Mom, every time I showed up to the house for a family thing, the Holy Spirit was like, you know this is where you should be. You know this is the way that you should be living. See the joy unspeakable that they're having? You could have that same thing too. He said, thank you for not changing. Hey, she could have easily looked at that rock that was given to her, not by an outsider, but by a family member. And she could have let it get her down. Even to the point where she could have got bitter at herself, bitter at the church for putting them in that situation, bitter at everything that life has. But they looked at the honey. Oh, this Bible is full of examples of how people hung in there by faith and God did something amazing in their life. Or I'm reminded of Paul when he's about to be stoned. And the Bible said literally that he was dying. But little did Paul know, just like any other preacher, who's going to come behind me? Who's going to pick up the mantle? Who's going to still serve God? Who's still going to do it the right way? Who's still going to be fundamental, independent, Bible-believing, Baptist person? But then all of a sudden, as Paul was being literally lowered into the, into the ground with stones, there was one that was there that saw, oh, Paul, how he fought that saw that he was not willing to trade. He was not willing to bow down to the pressures. Oh, there was a one by the name of Timothy. Boy, he was looking there and he could see what God was doing there. And boy, he said, hey, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for this boy too. Sign me up. And old Paul was introduced to that great young man called Timothy who took his mission over. Oh, think about the Famous three Hebrew boys. How literally were, they were thrown into the fiery furnace with no promise of yesteryear or shall I say no promise of tomorrow. But yet they said, but if not, we still won't bow down and worship. Amen. We're not changing. We're not giving in. We're walking by faith. 
We're going to be faithful to the end. If this is the end, we're going down, fighting. Boy, we see at the end of that story, he said, how many people were thrown into the, were thrown into the fiery furnace? How many people? Well, it looks like one of them are the Son of God. Hey, when he said that he'd never leave us nor forsake us, he meant it. He's there for us. The problem isn't him. The problem is us. Thank God for this love letter that he has given us. Thank God that he has shown us the way. But now it's time for us to walk it. It's time for us to cast our fears upon him. It's time for us to cast our burdens in front of him. Hey, his yoke is easy. We just have to give it to him. Oh, we like to handle it ourselves. Oh, Brother Jackson, I got this. Brother Jackson, I can handle it. And all of a sudden... We find ourselves looking in the mirror at somebody we don't recognize anymore. Because bitterness has taken over. Today, we find Charles Haddon Spurgeon's books everywhere. Oh, most pastors who's worth anything, boy, they have a book or something by them, a reference or something. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was kicked out of the London Baptist Association as a young lad. They were told him that no one will ever know of you and ever hear of you. Why? Because he was unwilling to compromise. Boy, that was a pretty big rock. You're a pastor, you're a preacher, and no one is going to ever hear from you again. So then he took to putting ink to paper. And as God began to speak to him, he began to write out all of his sermons, all of his notes. And look what God has done to somebody who got kicked out of their association, who said that no one will ever hear from you ever again. And they never did give him the rights to preach. But yet God stepped in and now he is one of the most famous preachers that this world knows because that rock that was pretty big in his life he took it and gave it to God and God showed him the honey that was inside I wonder you and me we're like Lord God please make me a better Christian and then he gives us this because he knows it will make us a better Christian. But we just got to keep walking and trusting him by faith. Not sure what your problem is. I'm not sure if it's just financial. Not sure if it's spiritual. Not sure what it is. But what do you need to give over to the Lord tonight? Oh, if you don't do it, it's going to become bitter. You say, Brother Jackson, you didn't give us a, a, a one, two, three, repeat after me, all S's, outline, or anything else. No, sometimes you just got to keep it simple, stupid. Are you getting bitter at God? Why would God put me in such a situation like this? This is a nightmare. Are your burdens wearing you down? It's time for you to get a new perspective. God is not willing that any should perish, 
And even after we get saved, the Bible says that he has much for us. He wants to give us the finest of the wheat. Boy, today, pastor, we're out to eat. He said a restaurant that I think about quite often. I had one or two times that I had the privilege of eating there with the college. Where is Ruth Chris Steakhouse? Some people are like, where's your happy place? It's there. It's there. Boy, I remember going there and <clears throat> for a banquet. This is a story and we're done. Going there for a banquet and we were there and literally there were some people about the distance away from where we are. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing good? <clears throat> They've been sleeping over there. That's why I'm trying to, trying to use them. <clears throat> Boy, they were that far away and they said, hey, in order of steaks just came in. Boy, you've seen these people like scientists. Boy, they had these big, huge goggles. I mean, the one to make your eyes. Where, I mean, it, it just looks insane. And boy, you see them with the magnifying glass and they're checking the marble to make sure that it's the Ruth Chris Steakhouse. They said, we only accept the top 3% of steaks. All the rest are rejected. In my mind, I was like, so what do you do with all the rejected? ones where where does that go but boy when they brought that to us that night sir can you please put your napkin up oh yes oh yes oh yeah boy they brought it there boy now I'm not a person like likes a plate or a spoonful or forkful of fat you know your ribeyes have that fat piece? Yes, exactly, sister. She's like, mm-mm. That same way I was. I was like, well, I was just slicing, talking, looking at other people like, oh, yes, this is a great time, isn't it? This is a great time. Oh, that's fat. Oh, that's fat. Oh, that's so good. Whoa! Like, baby, if that's the fat, wait until I get into the good stuff. God saying, I know sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's crazy. Sometimes you don't like what's on the plate. But God said, save your fork. There's something sweet coming. Just walk by faith. Trust me. Some of us, it's time to put our faith back in God. How shame of us to put it in God for salvation and then remove it for life. God said he wants to give us the best of the best. It's not him that's the problem, it's us. Head bowed, eyes closed, Lord.